It's the Martin and Lewis Show. Applause. The National Broadcasting Company brings you transcribed from New York, the Martin and Lewis Show. Our guest tonight, John Garfield, and featuring Flo McMichael, Dick Stabile and his orchestra, and starring Dean Martin... Come to me, my melancholy baby Cuddle up and don't be blue And Jerry Lewis Come to me, my melancholy baby I give you love and everything else, baby Cars, diamonds, pearls, penthouses, castles, yachts I got a lucky box of Cracker Jacks <laughs> Well, I can't give you anything but love, baby. That's the only thing I've plenty of, baby. You dream a while and you scheme a while. You're sure to find happiness. And I guess, well, all the things you think that are fine for G, but I'd like to... See you looking swell, baby. Diamond bracelets, Woolworth ain't gonna sell to you far To that lucky day, you know darn well, baby. I can't give you anything but love, gee. But I'd like to see you looking swell, baby. Diamond bracelets were worth ain't gonna sell to you, baby. Till that lucky day, you know darn well, baby. Well, I can't give you anything but love. Ever since the boys teamed up three years ago, Dean has been meaning to do something about getting Jerry to build himself up physically. But you know how those things go. We find them in their apartment just getting up in the morning. Oh, boy, I feel great today. What a day to be alive. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. You're right, Dean. It is a beautiful day. I think I'll stick my head out and get a great big deep breath of that fresh air. (laughs) Jerry, you didn't hurt yourself, did you? Nah, I didn't hurt myself. And the window hasn't got a pain either. All right, I just woke up. Yeah, but not enough. Jerry, remember that little talk we had last night about your condition? Yeah, and we decided that I got to build myself up today. Right, and we'll start by going to a gym and taking a good workout. Remember, health is wealth. Health is wealth? What's that got to do with me? Well, look at you. You're bankrupt. (laughs) Seriously, Jerry, I'm worried about you. Things are different today with us. We, We have new responsibilities. Yeah, I know. Three shows a night at a nightclub. A radio show each week. Motion pictures, personal appearances, benefits. Yeah, it's fun, but it's a tough schedule. And that's exactly why we have to keep in shape. I'm really worried about you, partner. Me? Don't worry about me. I'm super healthy. Why, I've got the endurance of a mule. I've got the strength of a lion. And athletics? Ah, 
Why, I'll dive and I'll race and I'll run and I'll jump and, and Dean... What? I'm exhausted. <laughs> See, that's just what I meant. And I'm, I'm going to do something about it. Now, today you're going to eat the right kind of food. Today you're going to go to a gym and have a nice workout. And tonight you're coming home early. Yes, partner. And why did you come home so late after the last show last night? Oh, I stopped by Ruben's restaurant. I had half a date. Half a date? What do you mean? With a midget? No, that's not what I mean. No, well, that's the, what's this half a date? It's simple. I was there and she wasn't. You know, you might have better luck with girls if you build yourself up. I think you're right, Dean. But I can't help my size. I spent my first three months in an incubator. And I grew and grew and grew, and then came that happy day. They took you out of the incubator? Yeah, and put me into a thermos bottle. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jerry, quit it, will you? No, it's true, Dean. True that I, too, was once a 98-pound weakling. And then I turned the magazine page and saw that ad. He could make a giant of me. I bought the lesson. I worked. Yes, go on. Today, I am a 98-pound giant. <laughs> Look, no matter how much you stall, you're not going to get out of going to the gym, so get dressed. Jerry, what now? Every time I try to take a step, my trousers fall down. And so do I. Well, what do you want me to do? Hand me the scotch tape. You hold your trousers up with scotch tape? What's the matter? No belt? No hips. Why don't you use suspenders? No shoulders, either. You sound like a guy who stumbled going through a revolving door. You're right, Dean. I should take better care of myself. And tomorrow morning, I'll get on a regular routine of exercises. What are you going to do? I'll set the alarm for 6 a.m., and when it rings, I'll jump out of bed. And then what? Then what? Isn't that pretty good for a start? <laughs> Jerry, uh, you got to be serious about this. Now, what you need is road work, health foods, calisthenics, vitamins, fresh vegetables, fruits, red meats, regular hours, lots of sleep, deep breathing, and fresh air. Stop already. I'm getting exhausted again. Well, I'm all dressed, Dean. Are you ready? Who is it? It's me. Well, hello, Florence. I got some fan letters for you to sign. The ones I secretaried yesterday. And I wanted to get here before Mrs. Taproot comes. Oh, the president of Dean's 50 years and all the ladies' fan club? She coming? Yeah, she's coming to tell me all about the last meeting of my new fan club. Isn't that nice? I said, isn't that nice, Jerry? Who's jealous? <laughs> Well, where are the letters that you have to be signed, Florence? Oh, here. I'm sorry I'm late, but I had a lot of trouble getting them written. Trouble? I thought you, uh, I thought I told you to type them on my Corona. That's just it. It isn't easy to type a letter on a cigar. <laughs> Fan letters answered on cigars. Hey, Dean, that might get us some new fans. With men who know tobacco best, it's Martin and Lewis, quarter to nine. <laughs> Martin and Lewis, quarter to nine. Yeah, with the cigars, we can throw in a time signal. Florence, you know, you managed to get about three fan letters answered a day. I think you should do a little better than that or give up the job. Oh, I wouldn't give up the job. I'd just have to get another job, and that'd be silly. You know what they say, a rolling stone gathers no moose. A rolling stone gathers no moose? <laughs> Florence, it's not a rolling stone gathers no moose. It's a rolling rock gathers no moose. <laughs> Uh, this conversation could be happening, but I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mr. Lewis is pretty odd sometimes. He should take vitamin G. Vitamin G? What's vitamin G? Well, that's the vitamin you take that makes you strong enough to keep from getting punchy from all the other vitamins you take. Florence, I don't think you know very much about vitamins. Oh, sure I do. They're little men who run around inside you and do good things. 
Oh, Florence, vitamins aren't little men. That's silly. Gee, Mr. Lewis, you're always taking all the beauty and romance out of life. I think you're right about his taking some kind of vitamins, though. We were just talking about how Jerry doesn't attract girls very much. Yeah, a girl has to be careful. Tell me, do you think a girl should marry a man who's taller than she is? Why shouldn't a girl marry a man who's taller than she is? None of them ever asked me. <laughs> oh, what, Mr. Lewis? Yeah? How tall are you? Oh, I'm a very short little fellow. Much shorter than you. Come over here and we'll measure and I'll prove it. Okay, here I am. Should I stand up or kneel down like you're doing? You know, if it pays to be ignorant, you two are about ready to retire. It's a good line. I don't want to be inquisitive, Lawrence, but what kind of a man would you prefer? Oh, I like the mysterious type of man. A man that nobody sees, that nobody knows anything about. Who lives a life of mystery? Go for Philip Morris! Well, I don't want to hold you up from going to the gym. I'll go mail the letters. Bye. Bye, Florence. You know something? Maybe I will go over to the gym with you, Dean. How about time I tie for me, huh? Why don't you learn to do these simple little things for yourself? I'm not going to mother you anymore. Oh, come on, Dean. How about it, huh, please? Well, all right. Here, stand still. There. Gee, thanks, Mom. <laughs> You're so good to me, Dean. You sure tie my tie good, Dean. You're always good to me, Dean. All right, I'm good to you. Now stop following me around. I can't. You got your fingers stuck in the knot. Ah, <laughs> uh, Jerry, stop your clowning. Let's get started. Ooh, that must be Miss Taproot. Come in. Wonderful voice, that glorious voice. Oh, you know the motto of our club, Mr. Martin. When our boy Deanie sings, we soar on love's own wings. Well, thanks, Mrs. Taproot. That's very nice. But all your club members are ladies over 50 years old. How much soaring can you do at that age? <laughs> Look, Sonny, jet propulsion wasn't invented by bobby socks, as you know. Uh, tell me, Mrs. Taproot, did you uh, listen in on last Sunday's uh, radio show? Oh, yes. And when our club members heard your voice, it's just miraculous. Well, what do you mean, miraculous? Oh, before you got halfway through your first song, Mrs. Crabtree's neuralgia in her leg went completely away. Well, that's me, Dean Martin, Boy Mayo Clinic. <laughs> and then there's Mrs. Blabola. She weighs 240 pounds. Mrs. Blabola's our literary member. Oh, she reads a lot, huh? Oh, no, not at all. Yeah. But for a girdle, she uses bookends. Gee, you're lucky, Dean I'll bet even Crosby hasn't got a fan that's built like an encyclopedia So your club really enjoys Dean singing, huh, Mrs. Taproot? Oh, yes And our oldest member, Mrs. Primella, was so happy Your singing made her feel 40 years younger 40 years younger? Yes, if you'd sung a second chorus, she'd have backed all the way out of her old age benefits <laughs> yep, from Margaret O'Brien to Marjorie Maine When Deanie sings, they feel no pain Jerry, stop ad-libbing That was a poem by Gerald Lewis, age two Who doesn't know any better Well, Mrs. Taproot, I'm glad my voice seems to help your members out Oh, yes, and since you did such wonders for Mrs. Crabtee's neuralgia I was wondering if you could do anything about the water on my knee Go ahead, Dean, sing Cruising Down the River and hope for the best one thing I never quite understood, Mrs. Taproot Why didn't your fan club pick on one of the uh, older singers? 
Well, you know, Mr. Martin, before our club switched over to you, we were fans of Nelson Eddy, you know, with his shortening bread and water boy. What made you change the meat? Well, we were tired of bread and water. We wanted meat and potatoes. Woo! Goodbye! Goodbye! <laughs> yeah, bye, Mrs. Taproot. Bye. Well, I hey, guess... Dean. What? Remember when we started out as a team, you kept telling me that your singing would put us in a higher brackets? Yeah, what about it? I thought you meant money, not years. <laughs> You're just jealous because it isn't your fan club, and maybe we can do something about that. Come on, let's go to the gym and see if we can cure you of an acute case of skin and bones. Me skinny? <laughs> That's funny. Me skinny. <laughs> I am not. All right, you're not skinny. But why is it your suits always look fatter when they're on the hanger? They do? Yeah. And I didn't even know they were in love. Oh, what are you owing about? What do you want? <laughs> Jerry, there's no use stalling. I'm still going to make you go down to the gymnasium and take that workout. You 98-pound giant, you. Okay. I'll make a deal with you. I'll get on a bathroom scales, and if I don't weigh more than 98 pounds, I'll go to that gym with you. Oh, this is a cinch. Come on. Puny boy, puny boy. Yes, you are my puny boy. I'll get on the bathroom scales in here. <laughs> okay, Dean. What does it say on the indicator now? Services will be held tomorrow. Well, come on, Jerry. We're off to the gymnasium, and I think I'd better carry you. Well, it was tough work, but Dean finally persuaded Jerry to go to the gym. Well, here's the gymnasium, Jerry. Gee, it's a nice-looking building. Hey, let's take a look through the window. Gosh, look at them all running and jumping around in their shorts. Did you ever see so many bare arms and legs? And just look at their physiques. Yeah, now let's go over to the men's side. <laughs> yes, gentlemen? Hello, I'm Jerry Lewis, and I'd like to build myself up. You want to build yourself up? Yeah, what do you recommend? A bottle of plasma and keep your fingers crossed. <laughs> look, I've been telling Jerry about building himself up all morning. Haven't you got any trunks that'll fit him? What size you take, bud? 28. Well, here, try these. What size are they? Forty-four. Were you ever in the Army? Yeah. Gee, once a supply sergeant, always a supply sergeant. <laughs> Say, I'll need a jersey, too. Want to see my chest? Sure. Would you mind pointing it out to me? <laughs> it's right there between my shoulders. Oh, I thought it was a mole. Okay. Inhale, and I'll measure it. <gasps> Very interesting. Four inches. Four inches expansion? No, just four inches of chest. Look, mister, I may be kind of small, but I'm plenty tough. Yeah, you're a regular Mickey Goonie. Well, let's just slip these things on. We'll see what we can do with you. Okay, I'm ready. Now, pick up that iron bar with the weights on it. Yes, sir. Good, good. Now, let's try the other one. The one with the two-pound weight. <laughs> Come on, Jerry. You'll always be kidded about your strength until you do something about it. Okay, Dean, I'll try. Now, let's limber up a little. Bend down and touch the floor with your fingertips. No, no, no. Keep your knees stiff. Stiff. <laughs> stiff. 
Well, as long as I'm down here, I'll do some push-ups. I don't think you're ready for any more exercises today. I'll just leave you. You can fool around the way you want to. Okay. Dean, I wish I could get into one of these boxing rings and practice boxing. They all seem to be in use. No, there's one ring that's vacant, Jerry. Look at that trainer. He's balling out somebody right now. Now, you heavyweights are all alike. Too slow, too heavy on your feet. You gotta be on your toes in this business. Now go on home and try not to be so heavy on your feet next time. Gee, Dean, didn't that elephant look funny in shorts? Hey, Jerry, look who's coming across the gymnasium. It's John Garfield. Yeah, I wonder what he's doing here. Excuse me, but aren't you John Garfield, the movie actor? That's right. Well, I, I guess you don't recognize us, Mr. Garfield. I'm Dean Martin. This is Jerry Lewis. Never heard of him. Wait a minute, Mr. Garfield. We may not be very well known, but we've achieved some success. Yeah, we're over at the Copacabana nightclub. I sing, and Jerry's a very funny guy. Tells jokes, makes the people laugh. In fact, he's, his wit is so fast, it's like lightning. No wonder he's built like one of those rods. <laughs> but uh, seriously, Dean, I'm very glad to meet you. Well, tell the truth, boys. I don't get much time to go to nightclubs. You don't go to nightclubs? What do you do in the evening? Uh, well, I go home and go to bed. Gee, how did you ever think of that? <laughs> how come you're not in Hollywood making pictures? Oh, I like to get away from Hollywood once in a while and do something in a legitimate theater. Uh, did you fellas ever uh, do anything legitimate? Did we ever do anything legitimate? Well, when Dean stopped hanging around with those guys at the pool hall who had the car swiping concession over in Brooklyn... Hey, don't be ridiculous. Mr. Garfield means did we ever do any legitimate performing, something dramatic. Oh, dramatic. Well, uh, once we introduced the violinist... Oh, was, it, was it Yasha Heifetz who plays with the symphony? No, this was Yasha Fiedelbaum. He plays at the Oddfellow wedding. <laughs> you know, Mr. Garfield, uh, you're one of Jerry's favorite actors. Really? Really? Yes. I admire you on a screen. Gee, in body and soul, the way you treated your women, like a caveman. Well, that's my system. You know, treat them rough. If the script says to grab my leading lady by the arm, I shove her first. And if it says to push them against the wall, why, I, I slug them, too, you see. Gee. You know, sometimes after a big love scene, my knuckles are so sore I can hardly stand it. Gee, and my girl hits me if I take all the armrests at a seat in the movies. <laughs> you see, uh, Jerry doesn't have much success romantically. Oh, that's too bad. Well, Jerry, uh, have you ever tried taking a ride through uh, Central Park on, on a moonlight night? Oh, Sure. We took a ride Saturday night. The moon was shining, the air was balmy, but I didn't get one single kiss. Well, wouldn't the girl cooperate? Girl? I took my dog. <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> Jerry, taking a dog on a moonlight ride through the park, nobody would do a thing like that. I would, I would but I'm only, I'm only 23, 23 years old. What do I know? <laughs> Mr. Garfield, you don't know how much I'd give to be like you, even a little bit like you. Oh, Jerry, stop kidding. Why, there's lots of similarities between us. There are? Why, certainly. Why, we're, uh, I mean, uh, we're, uh, well, uh, we're both men. I'll give you two to one on that. And that's exactly why we're down here at the gym today, Mr. Garfield. Yeah, I want to grow up, be tough, you know, like 
James Cagney. Boy, if I could only be like him. Now, look here, you guys. I know what the score is, see? You don't fool with me now. Take this gat and know what you're doing, Johnny. Hey, 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 yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> Say, uh, you haven't told me why you came to the gym today. Well, Jerry's decided to get himself into condition. Huh? And since Jerry saw you in body and soul, he wants to become a fighter. A fighter? Well, don't make me laugh. Why, I've never seen such a panty waist. What's the matter? Well, look at you, all panty and no waist. <laughs> Well, you may think I'm frail, but actually I'm as hard as nails. Last summer I did the hardest road work in the world. Jerry, the hardest road work in the world? Sure. You know those construction gangs who build roads through the hot, burning deserts? Yes. And you know those great big boulders and rocks that they have to be broken up into little pieces? Yes. And all that tar and asphalt that has to be pounded and pounded till it's flat enough to make a highway? Is that what you did? No, I painted the white line down the middle. <laughs> well, that proves it, Jerry. And I was going to suggest that we spar for a couple of rounds, you know, just for laughs. Ah, oh, you'd murder Jerry. He, he doesn't know his left hand from his right. Now, why does everybody think I'm a mental incompetent? Well? Maybe I can rephrase that last statement. <laughs> well, come on, Jerry. If you want to spar around a little, I'm ready for you. Yeah? Well, I really feel like mixing it up for a couple of rounds, huh? Yeah? Sure. How about you? Yeah, how about that? Ah, uh, what's the matter? You're not yellow, are you? Me? Yellow? Uh, uh, uh. Well, you certainly look like you're yellow. Can I help it if I'm breaking out in lemon jello? <laughs> Go ahead, Jerry. Get into the ring with Mr. Garfield. That's what you came down here for. To get a workout. You're not afraid, are you? Afraid? Why, I'll go in there and I'll murder this guy. Stop it, will you, Dean? Why, I'll pulverize him. Dean, quit it. I'll break every bone in his body. Dean, will you stop it? What am I doing? You're shoving me. Now, don't worry, Jerry. What can happen? I'll take it easy with you. I won't hit you hard enough to bruise Margaret O'Brien. Promise? Promise. I won't hit you any harder than this. Just the tap. <laughs> I am killer Margaret O'Brien. Tonight I fight Champ Garfield for the heavyweight title. It's almost time for the main event. Gee, I hate to go. It's so nice up here floating on this cloud of lemon jello. Jerry, relax. Lie back. You're on the training table in your dressing room. You gotta get ready for your big fight. Yeah, my big fight. Now, this is it, killer. You gotta get in there at the bell and start slugging. Yeah. They don't call me Killer Lewis for nothing. I'll murder this Garfield bum. I'll slash him. I'll crush his nose with my left. I'll close his eyes with my right. I'll bust his ribs and... Ah! Now, what was that for? I just happened to think, what if he hits me? <laughs> Come on, killer. Buck up. Where's your confidence? Don't worry about me. I've been practicing my old one-two. Practicing punching, eh? No, counting. <laughs> I got the fight all figured out, Dean. In the middle of the first round, throw in the towel. Don't forget that. Throw in the towel. You mean you're going to give up the fight? No, I'm going to wet one end of it and flip him unconscious. <laughs> this is going to be a great night for me. Can I come in? Florence, what are you doing here? Oh, I'm not the Florence, you know. I'm the champ's girlfriend. The champ's girlfriend? Yeah, but there might be a vacancy. I'm getting tired of the way he kisses. Why? How does he kiss? The hard way. No lips. So you don't like the way the champ kisses, huh? Lean down here, baby. How was that? 
As far as I'm concerned, he's still the champ. <laughs> You're kind of cute, but I'm still grateful to him. He took me out of my old racket. What was your old racket? Typing letters on Corona cigars. <laughs> you still sound like Florence, our secretary. Oh, how can you say that? Don't you remember last night when you held me in your arms? You said I was the most glamorous woman in the world, more desirable than Hedy Lamar. I said that? Yeah. I gotta get out of this boxing racket. I'm getting punchy. <laughs> you better go now. I gotta take care of my friend here. So long. So long, baby. The championship fight will go on in a few minutes. Meantime, the crowd is watching the preliminary wrestling match between Gorgeous Smorgis and Ten Ton Tucker. They're in a tight clinch right now. Gorgeous has the cross-flying hammerlock on Ten-Ton, who has a body scissors and toe twister on Gorgeous. Hey, killer, look at that match. What a match, huh? Yeah, and gee, I didn't even know they were in love. And now Gorgeous gets Ten-Ton over his head in an airplane spin. Around and around he goes and throws Ten-Ton to the mat. Great Scott, Ten-Ton crashed completely through the ring. There's nothing showing above the floor but his trunk and one tusk. <laughs> Well, that's the end of that match. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we present the fight for the heavyweight title between the present champion, John Garfield, of 280 pounds, and the challenger, Killer Lewis, the 98-pound giant. Services will be held tomorrow. <laughs> well, the challenger, Killer Lewis, is leaving his corner. He goes to the center of the ring. Go on, Jerry. Okay. Ha! Huh. Take that! And that! And that! And that! Ooh! Ooh! How'd you like that one, punk? Ooh! Ooh! Take that! And now Garfield gets into the ring. The crowd cheers. Hey, referee, I don't think you've met my fighter. Hiya, champ. I mean, chump. I mean, chimp. I keep mean... Keep going, keep going. He's in there someplace. I'm the referee. Now, let's make this a good, clean fight, man. First, I gotta take a look at your boxing gloves. Louis, your gloves are okay. Swell. Now, let's take a look at yours, Garfield. Yours are okay, too. Wait a minute. What's all that stuff that fell out of his love? Iron pipes and horseshoes. Well, that's to penalize me, killer. I'm better than you are, and all that heavy iron will weigh my arms down so I can't hit you so fast. Yeah, that makes sense. Look, Garfield, I'm going to murder you. Yeah, I'm going to beat your brains out, Lewis. Well, I'm going to break both your arms, fracture your skull. Well, I'm going to smash you into a pulp. Okay, boys, go to your corner. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Okay, killer, it's your big moment. Here's the bell for the first round. <laughs> now go out to the center of the ring. Remember, you're a 98-pound giant. And don't forget your strategy. Yeah, my strategy. Okay. Where's that Garfield? You're ready, Garfield? Yeah, I'm ready. Help! Foul! 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 Jerry, not yet. Wait till he hits you. <laughs> Why take chances? Foul! 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 <laughs> Never mind all that faking, Lewis. Stand up and fight. I'm not worried. I'm a good boxer. I'm very scientific. Okay, throw a couple of punches and let's see if you can land one. Okay. <clears throat> I'm missing you. <clears throat> That's pretty good. Now get inside the ring and try it. <laughs> okay, here's an uppercut. <clears throat> here's a left jab. <clears throat> here's a right to the jaw. <clears throat> here's your teeth. Thanks. <laughs> And there's the bell ending round one. Lewis is going to his corner. He seems a little woozy. Come on, sit down on this stool. How do you feel? Great. I think I got his strategy all figured out. You got his strategy figured out? Yeah. He's trying to murder me. 
Well, remember what I told you. Make him keep hitting you on the head. We'll wear him down some way. And there's the bell for round two. The fighters are in a clinch. They're talking to each other. I'm warning you, Lewis. I'm warning you. If you don't stop following me, I'm going to give you my secret long-range rabbit punch. Your secret long-range rabbit punch? What's that? I jump outside the ring and throw Easter eggs at you. <laughs> you can't beat me, Garfield. I can weave too good. I can weave my way all around a ring. Look at the way I'm weaving right now. Yeah, you sure can weave, all right. Now put that knitting down and start fighting. Lewis is circling Garfield. He's keeping his distance. Now he's backing away. He's still backing away. Lewis is backing away farther, farther. Oops, they got him just in time. He was trying to signal a taxi on 8th Avenue. I'm going to finish you off in this round, Lewis. Don't make me laugh. You couldn't beat me if you had the U.S. Marines helping you. Lewis is riddled with bullets. He's falling. He's going down. Jerry, get up. Get up, you yellow dog. What's a few bullets? It's too late. I'm finished. Ah, Jerry, get up. Jerry, get up. Huh? What? Where am I? What happened? Oh, Mr. Garfield just tapped you with the back of his hand and you fainted. You mean I wasn't in the ring fighting all this time? Of course not, Jerry. How do you feel, huh? All right, I guess. Only I got a funny taste in my mouth. What is it? I don't know. It tastes exactly like lemon jello. <laughs> Thanks, John. Good night. The Martin and Lois Show, transcribed in New York, is produced and directed by Robert L. Red and written by Dick McKnight, Ray Allen, and Roger Price. This is Wayne Howell suggesting you tune into your NBC station every Sunday evening at the same hour for The Martin and Lois Show. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.